This is Being Better, the podcast about the science behind mindsets and practices that make us happier, wiser, and healthier. My name is Julia Spohr, and I am your host. Join us as each week we break down scientific research and bring you true stories of people from all walks of life to help you make better decisions that will shape your tomorrow. I'm so excited to spend this time with you. I hope you are doing great. I hope that you feel safe and supported. And I am here to remind you that you deserve everything best in the world. And you deserve to be loved. And you deserve to be happy. And you deserve to live the life that you want. So I'm just here to remind you that. In case if you just forgot that you should put yourself first. So just in case you forgot, I'm here to tell you, just your friendly reminder. Um, welcome back to the Being Better podcast. I am sorry if the quality of this recording is going to be a bit more echoey than it usually is but I am actually it's very far from a professional studio because I am currently in New York in the United Kingdom I am in a Buddhist meditation center and I'll be here for the next couple of weeks and it's actually a very old building it's like from the 1800s and um, yeah so as you can imagine it's quite an echoey space I'm gonna try to deal with it um, but in the meantime I'm very excited to talk to you it's actually been um, a very creative and interesting past couple of days I've had a lot of great discussions about life and goals and perspective and reality and philosophies and spirituality consciousness so I'm kind of in this creative space and I'm excited to share that with you I want to uh, share that excitement towards life with you no matter where you are right now if you are working um you know it's july so maybe you are chilling at the beach um today i want to talk about habits i guess it's been quite some time you know since i last had one of these more like um this typical self-improvement kind of episode uh, i guess i've uh, been skewing a bit more towards philosophy or sociology or psychology and i really love that uh, but i guess i just wanted to come back to the origins and have a bit of a twist on what i used to say about habit development uh, because you know i've changed a bit as a person and i've definitely changed my relationship towards self-development and um, self-help if you want to call it this way and what really it means for me and what are the principles of it and how do i do it in a way that promotes self-compassion and not self-hate and you know it's been a rocky journey and i'm sure that a lot of people can relate to that but i think just in the world of self-improvement habit development is something that a lot of people put emphasis on and look i think that's great i think daily small habits have the power to change your whole life and influence who you are as a person i deeply believe that in order to go big first you gotta start small 
start with the basics starting with the thing that you do first thing when you wake up in the morning and the thing you do before you go to bed and habits are very important however I'd say that the habits that are praised in the world of you know self-help and that I used to praise and claim to be the most important are in fact not those that make our lives happier and make us more compassionate towards ourselves. I mean, I'm sure that you've heard that you should make a habit out of daily movement or eating greens or drinking water or reading, etc. But what I found in my journey with trying all kinds of mental and physical health practices is that those habits will automatically come when you build the right mindset. Because look, if you are miserable and depressed and and hate yourself and simply force yourself to go on a run and eat kale i promise you not much will change i believe that the habit of learning reading working out and eating well it's all actually secondary and first you have to build a habit of positive thinking and making your head a nurturing and safe environment Because look, any practice won't actually spark positive change if you are doing it from a place of self-hate and wanting to change who you are because you are not enough right now. No, these quote-unquote healthy habits will only work if you're doing them because you believe you deserve the best of the best. Best foods, best thoughts, best friends and best activities. You will truly build a happy and healthy life If every action you take is motivated by self-love, self-compassion and knowing that you are enough no matter what, no matter what you do, no matter how you look, no matter what kind of people you are surrounded by, you have to deeply believe that you are enough and without this understanding you cannot spark these habits. But I know that building this kind of a mindset is definitely easier said than done and it takes time and practice. And that's why I come to you today with a couple of practices that promote positive thinking and have the power to make you fall in love with life. So I created this short list of small and seemingly insignificant practices that are actually underrated and have the power to change your life for the better, that can make you more compassionate towards yourself and others, and are actually scientifically proven to increase levels of happiness. The first one, the first practice on habit that I think is so underrated in the space of wanting to be happier, wiser, healthier, it's laughing. I think because we are so in our heads all the time, we take life way too seriously most times. I personally know that I for sure take myself and my life way too seriously and that's why I really want to work on establishing this habit. I think that humor and being able to laugh at a situation you are in or laugh at yourself actually is one of the most important skills that we can develop in our lives. It is seriously so game-changing it can help you distance yourself because look problems are inevitable in life and there will always be something you can get upset about and that is beyond your control that will always be there it's inevitable however what you can control is your reaction to it and this is where laughter comes in approaching something 
with a light heart and the ability to laugh at a situation can be the most useful tool that we can have in going through life. A good laugh has a lot of great short-term effects because, you know, when you start to laugh, it doesn't just lighten your load mentally, it actually includes physical changes on your body because, like, laughter can for example, stimulate your organs because it enhances your intake of oxygen, which improves the function of your vascular system. You know, it stimulates your heart, your lungs, your muscles, and also increases the endorphins that are released by your brain. It also activates and relieves your stress response because, you know, a rollicking laugh fires up and then cools down your stress response and it can increase and then decrease your heart rate and blood pressure as well as promote the release of dopamine and serotonin. And what's the result? Well, just a good, soothing and relaxed feeling you have after that burst of laughter i'm sure that you know what i'm talking about it's very it's this very specific feeling after you had a very good and long laugh it just feels like i don't know for me it feels like going out of a warm shower and slipping under clean sheets this is exact it's like a very similar feeling but laughter isn't just a quick pick me up though it's also very good for you like long term because laughter can improve your immune system um, because you know negative thoughts manifest into chemical reactions that can affect your body by bringing more stress into your system and decreasing your immunity and by contrast laughter and positive thinking can actually release neuropeptides that can help you fight stress and potentially more serious illnesses but it can also relieve pain because laughter uh, causes the body to produce its own natural painkillers and also kind of serves as a distraction. Like apart from those natural painkillers, um, like we usually don't feel pain if we can focus on something else. And when you are laughing, usually you have some kind of an external stimuli, which, you know, just takes your mind off of, you know, I don't know, your head aching or your I don't know broken bone or anything um, but when it comes to like these long-term effects laughter can increase your personal satisfaction because it can make it easier to cope with difficult situations and there's also another thing it can help you connect deeper with other people because you know we usually laugh together or make one another laugh which promotes social connection which in turn is evolutionary a happiness booster so you know laughter is also contagious and that's the reason why you know tv sitcoms use laugh tracks you are just many times more likely to laugh around other people than when you are laughing alone and the more laughter you bring into your own life the happier you and those around you will feel so the personal satisfaction will grow because like sharing humor is have the fun in fact most laughter doesn't come from hearing jokes but rather simply from spending time with friends and family and it's the social aspect that plays such an important role in the health benefits of laughter because you cannot enjoy a laugh with other people unless you take the time to really engage with them and when you care about someone enough to switch off your phone and really connect you know face to face you are engaging in a process that rebalances the nervous system and puts the brakes on the defensive stress response. And if you share a laugh as well, you'll both feel happier, more positive and more relaxed. And even if you are unable to uh, alter a stressful situation, 
you can always, you know, just get a laugh at it. Um, so I also have to talk about something that I've been speaking a lot about in the past, and I'm kind of known for that. But a practice that is very helpful and underrated is talking to yourself. I know I always talk about it, but I think it's so important and personally it's so game-changing because it promotes self-awareness and very often I don't know it's maybe it's just the way I think but very often I need to talk to someone and say something out loud in order to process my thoughts my problems my ideas my dreams my fears I need to have someone to talk to but sometimes you know I'm alone I cannot talk to someone or I have a problem that's personal and I don't want to share it with anyone yet and this is when talking to myself comes in handy and I'm just not you know talking about like random sentences or blabbering nonsense because that's you know that's a mental disorder Mm. (laughs) I just mean like asking yourself questions like how are you what's the problem how can we deal with that do you feel safe does this person make me feel safe what are my feelings toward this situation what is it that I really want and why do I really want it and Is there some kind of an insecurity that is making me uh, want to do this? Or is this person making me jealous? And am I I with them because I want to be? Or am I with them because I'm trying to be like them? So yeah, you know, there are so many questions that you can ask yourself. But I think saying something out loud can be so powerful. Because sometimes we are like afraid of something that's so actually unlikely and kind of stupid. And only when you say it out loud, you realize, oh, my thoughts are actually kind of ridiculous in a sense. So I would really recommend you try that. I know that it can be scary uh, for people who have never done that before. Um, But I think just asking yourself questions and it kind of also allows you to develop the relationship that you have with yourself. Because when I think of myself, I kind of think of like, a friend as well it's like two people um which is maybe also a mental disorder as well but i don't have to think about that right now um but it's like you know i have this person that is will always be there for me no matter what no matter if my friends and my family are there i always can rely on myself because i know that i love myself that i can solve my own problems that i am able to connect to myself and my inner spirit and that I can find support and safety within me I can hold myself I can talk to myself I can get myself out on a day that I wanted to go on you know I don't have to wait for anyone to take me to the movies or to the restaurant or out in a walk because I know that I can do all of these things with myself and I realize that I want to do these things because I am able to kind of right ask myself right now what do I want so I guess for me that's always been a very I don't know I think that I've always done since I was a little kid I always used to talk to myself and now it's a bit of a different form but when I have a problem I usually just go on a walk and just kind of try to ask myself these questions that a therapist would ask me I guess the most powerful question is why but why so you first you ask what do I want and what is the problem and then you just keep asking why and I'm sure you'll get to the root of it and that will for sure promote self-awareness and also just help you understand what you want in life and I guess that's very useful and powerful as well another practice that's so underrated when it comes to happiness and health it's 
practicing kindness and giving service. In big short, helping others makes us happier and that's much happier than we can ever expect. Scientific studies showed that helping others can contribute to our well-being in very different ways, which include increasing our sense of meaning and satisfaction with life and boosting our self-confidence as well. It also gives you a sense of usefulness and thus allows you to improve your self-worth because if you know that you can be of use to someone and you can help someone, you can see, oh, actually, I'm a worthwhile person. I can actually bring meaning to someone and actually help someone out. So there is some value in me. And so when you are helping someone, that's a self-confidence booster, which can actually provide you the motivation to, you know, go further. You kind of start to see yourself through the eyes of other people and therefore you notice that you are actually a great person who is capable of working hard and putting others first when a situation is calling for it. So this is one of these practices that can actually directly help you build this mindset of self-love. And also service actually forces us to work together and be with people, which like I said before, is proven to be one of the most effective ways to stimulate joy and satisfaction from life. It's just doing something in a community, doing something with people. Joy and fun and happiness that you can share with others is just joy that's multiplied hundreds of times. Also, another practice it's getting outside within the first, you know, 10, 20 minutes of waking time. You know, sunlight is very powerful. It helps you boost the secretion of serotonin in your brain, which makes you happier, as well as the production of cortisol and adrenaline, which are the stress hormones. And that makes you more energized, uh, positive and focused. And this is such a useful tip, I think, because, look, I realized that a lot of the activities that are good for us long term are very hard to start and can initially be uncomfortable and here's where a sunlight comes in handy because it literally charges you up it fully wakes you and energizes you which gives you the motivation to face the day and to start all the practices you feel resistance towards uh, like I don't know working out or meditating or reading or working so you can just you know you wake up you get outside you don't have to like run or anything you just get sunlight on your face it will be a happiness booster it will just energize you and therefore you will be more likely and more motivated to get that workout in to get you know some stretches in or just to be happier you know you don't have to like think of what you'll get out of it you can just do it and it'll make you feel better and yeah that's scientifically proven uh, to be so effective because doctors sometimes treat the seasonal affective disorder and other types of depression which are linked to low levels of serotonin with um, natural or artificial light so it's proven to be very effective in just making us happier so i would really recommend you just get outside you know just get some sunlight on your face and i swear to you it'll be a game changer. Another practice that I need to talk about is intentional and mindful breathing, like for five minutes or three minutes or two minutes. Mindful breathing is a very basic yet very powerful mindfulness meditation practice. The idea is to simply focus your attention on your breathing to its natural rhythm and flow and the way it feels on each inhale and exhale. You can do this while standing, 
but ideally you can be like in a sitting or even lying position just you know be comfortable um you can also do a breathing exercise like the 555 breathing what you do is simply like inhale very slowly through your nose for five seconds then exhale very slowly through your nose or mouth for five seconds then you wait five seconds and then you repeat the process a couple of times and then when you stop you should just focus on how it made you feel so it's very simple you just sit you breathe in breathe out five seconds and wait and that's all five seconds breath is like this life force breathing gives us life as we inhale it brings oxygen to cells and when we exhale we release waste products in the form of carbon dioxide and different types of breathing affect our body differently for example rhythmic breathing balances the nervous system and according to studies in positive psychology mindful breathing can give you a great sense of control and can give you increased self-awareness and a greater sense of calm peace and happiness and also a greater resilience in stressful times i think personally it is such a useful tool that you can reach for in any situation but it's most helpful in these emotional situations through which you can make a decision that you actually don't want to make i know that i personally can be very impulsive at times and so before making a decision or responding to someone who has triggered me somehow or wasn't particularly fair to me i try to focus on that breath and delay my response also practicing mindful breathing can decrease negative automatic thoughts which can be common for those of us who are struggling with depression or anxiety it can help you catch yourself before going into a spiral of negative rumination and insecurity and it's also a very useful tool in overcoming stage fright as well. If you're a performer or interviewer, for that's for me, or whatever it is, actually, I think mindful breathing, so whether that be for just noticing your breath or doing the breathing exercise, it is such a useful tool. It's so simple and it's always at hand when you need it. So yeah, I would recommend you to keep that in mind and try it the next time you feel uneasy or stressed or afraid or overthinking just just focus on your breath i swear to you it will be such a game changer what i found frustrating in my journey with self-improvement is that i noticed that my schedule is just filled with tasks that I am doing to get something to get somewhere that I'm so focused on the future because I'm like working out to be more fit that I'm eating healthy and cooking because I I don't know I guess I want to be a, a person who does that that I am reading this particular self-help book because I want to be better in the future and just doing something to become someone that I am, that I am not right now and that's so tiring and that's so frustrating and that's why the next practice that I think is so powerful, the next habit, the next thing that I would recommend you to focus on is learning something new just for the sake of doing it. You know, these days we work so much and I feel like we are so ambitious as a generation. There is this toxic grind and productivity culture which is connected with the 
ubiquitous fear of falling behind. I think it's kind of funny actually that we are all afraid of it and yet all hide it while killing ourselves over at work or in the gym or whatever. And that's why I think there's something very freeing in doing something just for the sake of that activity, just because it feels good and you enjoy learning a new skill, not because you want to improve or be a better person or be more respected or admired, just because. And so, you know, this activity can be crocheting or painting or rock climbing or golf or, I don't know, baking, all the things that you were doing as a child simply because they were fun or wanted to do as a child i think children are so present in the moment and they really don't care about what people think about them or don't care about the future so i think they can be great examples and i really recommend you to think about what you used to um, do or what you used to want to do um, and for me that's always was singing and I yeah so I am attending vocal classes not because I am trying to perform or I'm trying to get something from it I just really really love the activity of singing and I love how it makes me feel so whatever it is that you can do just for the sake of doing it not not even to improve at it just because you want to. I feel like that's such a relief from, you know, just grinding all of the time. And it can be so satisfying, like really just try and see, but it will provide probably much more satisfaction than all of the things that you are doing for work um, or for some sort of improvement. And if you can find a community of people with whom you can do the practice, the benefits will be so much more powerful. Like I said, if you can find something that you love and also share it with another person and find a community of people who do that oh my god that will be such a source of joy and pleasure in your life i swear to you my last practice that i want to talk to you about is intentional and mindful eating so i know that i'm not alone in this uh, but for most of my life i have been watching tv while eating or listening to podcasts or just like i don't know quickly stuffing my face uh, because i was on the run i never noticed how unhealthy it is and so i tried just you know eating by myself with no distractions and just the food on my plate i felt and actually still often feel to be honest like something is missing like in order to enjoy this moment fully i also need some sort of entertainment but this is actually so odd if you start to think about it because logically thinking you think that in order to enjoy your food the most you need to be fully present to notice all the taste the smells the textures and even the sounds the food is making because only when you are present and slow down to actually notice how and why you are eating, it can truly be pleasurable. And yeah, right. I think that we often don't even think about why we are eating in the first place. Like we're not asking ourselves, are we physically hungry or are we trying to find comfort in food because of a stressful situation or are we just eating something now because we are afraid that it's not going to be available in the future and look like all the reasons are okay and i really don't want to demonize emotional eating because it has its function and sometimes can actually be very helpful but you just have to ask yourself how am i feeling towards this food and what am i trying to achieve here am i trying to like gain happiness from it or am i trying to 
you know, some people punish themselves for food. I know that I have had like experiences with restricting because I, I don't know what I wanted to achieve, but I wanted to change who I was. So I was eating certain foods because I thought that they would change who I am or they would change how I feel in my body that uh, I would feel somehow more confident or better. So I think what you need to do is when you eat, just prepare your food, you know, in a, a way that makes you feel excited for it. And before you eat, I would say that you can spend like 30 seconds or a minute just looking at a food, just really noticing it and having a delay um, before you just, you know, <laughs> throw yourself at it. So just take some time, look at it, notice it, you know, take your cutleries and, you know, cut it in pieces Put it in your mouth. Notice all the textures, all the tastes. Notice how the tastes change when you move the food around in your mouth because, you know, you have different taste buds in different parts of your mouth. And so one piece of food will taste differently in different parts of your mouth. That's, that's something that I didn't know in the past. But it can actually be very interesting to notice how one single thing can change you know through you know 10 seconds and you know you should chew it very slowly and swallow it and and notice how it makes you feel do you feel happy after that you know that's also better for your digestion and it can actually improve your bloating problems or some sort of problems with you know ibs you know eating more slowly and not swallowing that much air can actually be very helpful so yeah, just eat slowly, focus on the sensations, focus on how you're feeling and then you will also be more capable of noticing when you are actually full because sometimes we stop eating, you know, past when we were full just because, you know, we wanted to finish it because we feel like when you have something on your plate, you have to finish it or sometimes it's the other way around. You finish something, you know, you ate everything from your plate but actually you are still hungry and maybe you should eat a bit more. And I feel like when you slow down and notice all of the tastes and really sensations that your body is going through, it can provide you with an understanding and equip you better to make better decisions towards yourself. So those are a couple of my favorite underrated practices and habits that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about, but actually have a huge impact on your default level of happiness and just you know life satisfaction and I know that these ones you know took a bit of time for me to develop but I wish I really wish that I knew about those sooner and I wish that I knew that those are actually so much more powerful than what we think that the habits like uh, leaving your phone in a different room or like some productivity tasks, you know, the Pomodoro technique, like those are all great, don't get me wrong, and like take your cold showers, I think that's great, and I do that, but I feel like you have to start with the basic fundamental things, you know, like laughter, like getting sunlight in, like doing something just for the sake of doing it, like talking to yourself from time to time, like mindful eating, like mindful breathing, those are all so important so easy also like they really don't require that much effort from you and i feel like they can be so so powerful so i really recommend you try those out and uh, let me know how you feel after trying those maybe they will work maybe they won't um, you can message me over at our instagram it's at beingbetter.pod or using our email it's podcast.beingbetter at gmail.com you can find 
any kind of information about the show and how to contact me at beingbetter.info. When it comes to my recommendation of the week, I'm going to recommend you go over to Netflix or YouTube or whatever it is and find yourself a stand-up that makes you feel good. Not those shitty ones that just it's people making fun of one another and complaining about how miserable they are. Um, for me, uh, what I can recommend you is Jenny Slate or what's her face? Uh, Eliza. I L I Z A. Eliza something, starting with S, I think. But, uh, or like, I like Ellen DeGeneres stand up. Like, find some kind of a stand up that you personally enjoy and just laugh a bit or whatever it is. I think like I've been recently really appreciating comedy and humor and the power in that. And I think it's so underrated in the wellness space. I'm going to put the links to some of my personal favorite stand-ups. And, and I really, that's going to be my recommendation of the week. Just laugh. Just focus on laughing this week. Um, making someone else laugh as well. That is very powerful like I've uh, been saying about acts of service make someone laugh laugh yourself and that will be my recommendation for you this week and let me know how it goes thank you so much for listening to this episode I love you so so much please take care of yourself if you can of someone else too and I will speak to you in the next episode being Better is edited and produced by Julia Spohr. You can learn more about the show and about other work over at our website, beingbetter.info. And the Instagram is at beingbetter.pod. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by word of mouth. So if you can, please tell your family, your friends, and what the hell, also tell your enemies. You know, we don't discriminate on this podcast. So tell them about the show, tell them about why you like it and about why you like the incredibly amazing and very humble host. You can also share it on social media platforms and if you tag us, we'll make sure to reply. Thank you so much for joining us today and I'll speak to you very, very soon.